0: Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Charlotte Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening, and today I'm going to be talking about Rutgers football. Rutgers moved to 3-0 as they defeated Virginia Tech 35-16 on Saturday in Biscataway. So let's go ahead and get started. It's been a long time since Rutgers beat Virginia Tech. 1992, actually. I actually remember the game. Rutgers had lost 12 straight meetings to the Hokies, going back 31 years to 1992. And I remember that game, too, because uh, we were in that game and getting killed. And me and my friends left, went back out to the, you know, cars to tailgate a little more. Heard they were coming back. Someone had a little TV, put it on, and we watched them come back. And they won 50 to 49 back in 1992 at Rutgers homecoming that year. And that is the last time that Rutgers beat Virginia Tech. That was 31 years ago. Well, time change. Uh, Rutgers managed to hold off uh, a second half charge, I guess you'd say, from Virginia Tech. And Rutgers pulled away and got a 35 to 16 win on Saturday in Rutgers Stadium. Now with the win, Rutgers moved to 3 and0 on the season and 1 and0 in the big 10. The game really resembled, I got to say, the Temple game, if you were there, uh, which, you know, that was last week, if you guys don't remember, in several ways. Rutgers, again, started the game really strong, like they did against Temple. Rutgers, again, had a terrible third quarter and let the Hokies back in the game, like like they did with the Owls the week before. Rutgers, again, finished the game strong and pulled away at the end, which is great, like they did against Temple. And Kyle Monunga, again, carried the Knights on his back for most of the day. Rutgers actually was outgained in this game, 319-302. to So the game was not nearly as lopsided as the final score would indicate. And Wimsatt himself, again, hugely underwhelmed. Although, again, critically, he did not turn the ball over. So all those were similar to the Temple game in that way. Rutgers got to face the Hokies' backup quarterback, who, of course, was better than the Hokies' starting quarterback. It always happens to Rutgers, right? You have a starting quarterback on another team who's okay or not great, and somehow he gets hurt or comes out. They put the backup in, and he's like some spectacular. And this guy was good. He could run. He could throw. Rutgers had their hands full with his backup quarterback, and certainly, you know, it's not that it was unknown prior to the game, but it was a concern, and it certainly turned out to be a concern. <clears throat> But, you know, Rutgers D did play pretty well most of the game, you know, except for the third quarter again. Rutgers was up 21-3 at halftime. You know, this is due mostly to a really early turnover on Virginia Tech's part. They fumbled on the first possession of the game. Uh, also due to a pretty good wimpset run up the middle for a 30-something yard touchdown and due to good defense. So the first half, they were up 21-3 to three and looking pretty good. Then again... They fell apart in the third quarter like they did against Temple. The offense was extremely conservative in the third quarter. Just run, 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 run. The defense <clears throat> gave up some big plays. And it was 21-16 by early fourth quarter. So this was kind of concerning for Rutgers fans. But once again, Rutgers turned it on in the fourth quarter, ran the ball down the Hokies' throats, ended up winning 35-16, to due mostly to guy, I have to say. I would say if you're looking for takeaways, on the good side, the best takeaway is that Rutgers has showed some resilience now, really, twice in a row, right? In the fourth quarter of these games that you think back as Rutgers fans, you know, you can feel it, right? In the third quarter, you're winning, all of a sudden, you know, the, the pendulum starts swinging the other way. You know, you you don't get a call, you miss a tackle, right? You drop a pass, like all these things happen uh, your defense is starting to get gashed, and, and up and down the field, the other team goes, and you and you can feel the momentum swing. And in past years, it would have kept going, and Rutgers would have probably lost the game. And you remember last year's Nebraska and Iowa games. Ah, oh, they were just disgusting, where you just felt like you couldn't do anything to change the momentum back. This year, twice in a row now, Rutgers just sort of grabbed momentum by the throat and shoved it down the other team's throat two weeks in a row. Now, I know Temple is not some great team, but you know Virginia Tech is an actual Power 5 team with a pretty good defense, and um, the offensive line really stood their ground and manhandled them in the fourth quarter, and I think it's a really good sign for Rutgers, and I think it differentiates this year's Rutgers team from last year's Rutgers teams and the ones before it. The offensive line got stronger as the game went on, and that's a really good sign. Now, <clears throat> there's a couple bad takeaways from the game, and if your objective- and, you know, Jersey guy is going to give you it like it is. There's two that come to mind right now. If I think of any more, I'll let you know. But right now, number one, it's Gavin Wimsatt. And I'm sorry, but he continues to look inaccurate. He continues to not see open receivers as he goes through his progressions. And, and I'm there at these games, right? I go to these games. And where I sit it's the upper deck. So I can see the whole field really well. He drops back for a pass, and I can see these receivers, Right and I can see a guy wide open, 15, 18 yards in the middle of the field, nobody near him, and Wimpsat just doesn't see him. He's he just looking somewhere else, <coughs> misses him on his progression, throws to another receiver that's either double-covered or whatever, and it's a dangerous pass. So far, he's got no, no um, turnovers, no interceptions, so that's great. But a couple that should have been interceptions, if, if we're going to be honest here. But the point is that when he... Goes through his progressions, he's not seeing open receivers, number one. Number two, he continues to be inaccurate when he does throw. There's so many throws on Saturday where they're just behind him. They're late. I mean, he's thrown to the wrong receiver too many times. I am happy that he's not turning the ball over. We'll see how long that lasts. If we get into Big Ten play with really good defenses, this is going to lead to turnovers if he doesn't change something soon. Rutgers can only go so far running the ball, and trying to play just really good defense. Let's face it, guys. We're not going to win many Big Ten games in that fashion. We need a real quarterback with real accuracy. And so far, it does not appear that we have it. Again, in spite of all the articles I'm contending otherwise, you, you, you read the the Star-Ledger, you read other um, other things online, and they're saying, oh, improvement by Wimsad. And you, and you hear Shano saying a little bit after the games. And my eyes are not matching what I'm reading. So I don't see that much improvement. What I do see is no turnovers, and that's a big thing. But I do not see that he's any more accurate. He has a tremendous arm, right? He can he can throw off his back foot and throw it 60 yards. The guy really has a cannon for an arm. But so far, I don't see any improved accuracy. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing him reading the progressions very well at all. Again, maybe it might have to do with the new offensive coordinator this year. I kind of doubt it. Um, I find myself just counting the days to AJ Sarace gets here. He's a recruit and he's a senior in high school this year. He's coming into Rutgers next year, and he's really, really accurate, different from from WimSat. Um I don't know that he would actually play next year, but I know that he's coming to Rutgers next year, and I can't wait for, you know, that day because right now I'm I'm really concerned that we do not have a quarterback who can, you know play when the pressure's on and throw the ball accurately, right? We can only go so far with a running game to put it as clear as day against Virginia tech on Saturday, Wimset completed seven whole passes, seven. He completed seven passes the entire day. We won the game 35, 16 and he completed seven passes and he threw for all of 46 yards on Saturday, 46 passing yards. Seven completions for 46 yards sucks. It's not going to win any big game, big 10 games in the chart. And Wimsat has to show real improvement here soon, real improvement, right? So the first negative takeaway is Wimsat. The second one that I wanted to talk about is our third quarter performance in these games. Whatever fucking halftime adjustments or non-adjustments we're making suck monkey nuts because we continue to look like dog shit in the third quarter. And I don't understand why. Now, this is two games in a row where we're doing well up until halftime. We come out, and we look like there's another damn team on the field. Some of it has to do with conservative offensive play calling, for sure, particularly in this game, but not all of it. Our defense seems to be at its worst in the third quarter, right? And it's not because of the offense, as some would argue. And this is the time where, you know, I'll restate, again, for the record, my Jersey guy's standard retort to this, you know, The defense was on the field too long. Ridiculous arguments, right? And if you haven't heard it before, my stance is really clear. 99% of the time, trying to blame the offense for a bad defense, the defense being on the field too long, is moronic, right? You know how the defense can get off the field? Stop the other team on third down. Then you'll be right onto the sidelines. When the defense is on the field too long, Almost every time it's because they can't get off the field because they're not good enough to stop the other team. If you're good enough to stop the other team, you won't be on the field. Now, certainly there's a very small, very small percentage of the time where, you know, late in the third, fourth quarters, if the offense had just been disgusting for your team and you really, really can't, you know, maybe your offense got three first downs the whole game and you're just really out there the whole time and you finally wear down that someone could say, okay, they were tired. But, you know, just after halftime in a game that you're winning 21 to 3, there's no fucking excuse you can make saying, you know, we were on the field too long. You were on the field too long because you sucked and you couldn't get off the fucking field and you couldn't stop them on third down. And honestly, that's the case almost every time that I hear one of these arguments. So the the default position when someone says that, you know, they were on the field too long. The default return to that is, yeah, because they stink, and they couldn't stop the other team on third down. And, and if you read or hear otherwise, it's generally horseshit. So, okay, let's get back to the second negative thing, which I said was these lack of halftime adjustments and this dogshit third quarter from Rutgers offense and defense. So, yes, the defense was poor in the third quarter. Again, all on its own, unrelated to the offense. So we have to figure out the quarterback, and we have to figure out a better... Way to play all around in the third quarter. I was impressed, certainly, with our offensive line, I have to say, almost all all game. I really was. Um, and particularly with our left tackle, Holland Pierce, really, really good. I was actually watching him. He's a lineman. They had an article about him. <laughs> he weighed like 450, 55 pounds when he came in. Like this big dude, 6'7", 455. He lost 100 pounds. And he's down to 350 this year but he looked honestly for a big guy sharp somewhat agile I was actually checking out his footwork he he people did not beat him around the end he looks like a real deal like the real deal Holland Pierce he plays left tackle he's number 72 um he looked good and I in general I think the offensive line looked good um they wore down the the you know another defense as the game went on And they were their best late in the game, you know, and we'll see how that works out against, you know, better competition going forward. But we're not used to really seeing Rutgers pull away from games in the fourth quarter against big, you know, power five opponents. And they did it here. You know, they did fine against Northwestern. They did really good at the end of the game against Temple. Um, I'm not saying we have a good offensive line, but I'm saying it's better. And I think we have a good left tackle. Um, Another good thing, Flip Dixon. Man, oh man. This is a portal transfer for Minnesota. He continues to look like one of the best transfers of Rutgers history. This guy really is a man. I'm telling you, after a brilliant first two games where he deflected a bunch of passes in big spots, made some big stops. In this game, Dixon had a beautiful, timely interception at the sideline on a ball that I thought he had no chance to get. Now, Shiano called him a man, and I really think he is. I mean, I don't know how he got this interception. From where I was, it was all the way across the other side of the field. It was hard to see. As, when the play ended, we were all looking at each other saying, "What? where did the ball go? How did it happen? And then the rest signaled <laughs> interception. And we were all like, you got to be kidding me. It was awesome. So Flip Dixon is really an important part of the Rutgers defense. And boy, oh boy, has he contributed so far in three games. So there's some positives and there's certainly some negatives from this game. A win is a win is a win, they say, right? And I'll take it. And I was saying that to my friends when I was there before the game and during the game. I'm like, I don't care if we win 6-3. I don't care. When it was 21-3 at half, I'm like, I don't care if it's 21-20 at the end of the game. I just want to get out of here with a win. And we did. So I'm happy about that. But there are those negatives that you really have to take, right? You have to understand, you know, where we are in this. It's a mixed bag, let's face it. Uh, We do seem, overall, if you step back and look at everything, we seem to have a Big Ten defense. I feel like we can be competitive on defense. You know, are we going to beat Ohio State, Michigan? No, we're not going to. You know, are we going to give up some, some team scores in the 40s or even higher? Maybe. It's just because we're not quite there yet. But I think we have a Big Ten defense. We seem to be building toward having a Big Ten offensive line. I don't think we're there yet. But we're not as bad as we used to be excuse me. (coughs) on the offensive line. Uh, We have the absolute, and I've said this before, best set of running backs in the Big Ten, bar none, maybe in the country. We have four of the best fucking running backs you'll ever see. Our, Our running backs, we have depth as far down as the bottom of the ocean, let me tell you. Excellent, excellent running backs. Right? We finally have a place kicker in Patel that I have confidence in when he goes out there. So there's some good things and better things this year. On the other hand, we might not have a quarterback, and <laughs> that's just the biggest possible thing in the world, um, and that's a critical flaw. It has to improve. If we have any hopes of making a bowl this year? We have three wins now. We need to get to six. You know, we we're just you, we need a quarterback to help us. You know, you know, seven completions for forty-six yards. It's not going to get it done, right? Um, it also remains to be seen what the state of our wide receivers is. You know, Ian Strong. You didn't really hear his name at all after that first game. Jaquad Jackson, that excellent transfer, who had a really good game, too. Again, didn't do much in this game. But it's hard to say that that wasn't more to do with WIMSAT than anything, you know, right? Because it's hard to know what the state of the receivers are because WIMSAT's so bad and we're not throwing accurately enough. It's just hard to know what we have at wide receiver. Um, there's some definite improvements so far, as I just detailed. How much? Still to be written. Now, first off to to challenge us is Michigan next week on the road. So all we got to do is beat the number two team in the country in front of the biggest stadium in the world. Uh, We have played Michigan pretty well in the last three years. Um, Matter of fact, we should have beat them two or three years ago. And we lost a triple overtime after we missed a fucking overtime field goal. (laughs) Fucking Ambrosia. uh, That would have beat them. Um, So that's all we have to do. Just, Just go on the road and beat number two Michigan on the road. No worries. Um, this is an especially good Michigan Wolverine team though. Um, that's going to be looking to run the score up on us. So if it's, you know, 35 to three or 35 to seven in the fourth quarter, believe me, Michigan's going to look to make it 52, nothing, uh, 52 to three or something, because a, their coach is a dick and B, they want to continue to be ranked highly enough to get back into the college football playoffs. This would be the third year in a row. If they do, by the way, they've been in it the last two years. So, Michigan is as good or better than they've been this year. So this will be the test of tests for us. This is Ohio State. So while I don't expect a victory next week, I do expect to see some competitive football, I'm hoping. Um, I'm not expecting us to be 4-0, but I really don't want to see a 52-3 to score. You know, I, I want to see us in it at halftime. I want us to show the Big Ten that we've improved enough to be kind of taken seriously and that we're, you know, have an upward trajectory. So we'll see. Here's hoping. And that's really all I have for you. So I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends all about it. And I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.